Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. Happy to be with you today. Tuesday was a big day across the NFL as all 32 teams cut their rosters to the mandatory 53. We'll hit on that, the trade with Philadelphia, and in a little bit, I'll welcome in our guest for today's episode, former Saints linebacker Manti Teo. Teo has been in the headlines again after the release of the Netflix documentary Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. First, let's talk about what went down yesterday. The Saints opened the day with a splash, trading corner C.J. Garner-Johnson and a 2025 undisclosed draft pick to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for future considerations in 2023 and 24. Head coach Dennis Allen spoke to the media after the decision Tuesday. I want to say this. I want to say that was not an easy decision. Uh, I love Chauncey. He's been a big part of what we've been able to do here, uh, specifically defensively, a big part of our organization for the last three years. Um, and, and certainly we wish him the best. Um, we wouldn't have done that if we didn't feel extremely confident in the group that we have. We feel like uh, the defensive backfield was one of the deeper positions that we had. Um, and, and we had a chance to acquire some more assets. Um, and, and so that's, that's the decision that, that, uh, that we made. While CD was a great player for the Saints and a fun personality, this came down to what was in the best interest for the team in the future. Here's safety, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just got here, you know, what, four or five months ago. Um, you know, he's been a great teammate, you know, a lot of energy, you know, a lot of enthusiasm. You know, he really loves to play football. And, um, you know, that's just, that's just the unfortunate part of his business. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to make difficult decisions and, you know, obviously, um, you know, we wish him well. You know, uh, I've grown to, you know, really have a good relationship with him. You know, I'm hoping that that can continue, you know, no matter, you know, where we are, you know, in this world. But um, just really wishing him the best. Um, but more importantly, man, I, th I think we got a good room. I think we got a deep room. And um, so, you know, no matter who's in there, I think, I think we'll be ready to roll. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always surprised, um, you know, uh, when, when, when good players, you know, uh, find themselves in those kind of situations. So, uh, you know, like I said, just wishing him the best, uh, really hoping the best for him and his family going forward. Saints linebacker Demario Davis reiterated how difficult cut day is in general. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tough day, right? You know, uh, not just with that, but um, they got to cut the roster down to 53, 53 guys. And so... Uh, though it's a business, and you understand that, but it's still it's still relationships, um, and it's not like you lose those relationships. They you know they go uh, different places, and you stay in touch and whatnot. But it changes the dynamic of your locker room when when guys that were once there and then they're not there. Uh, so that's just the reality of what we deal with on a regular basis, and you know it's just not our team. Every team is dealing with that, so it's not it's nothing uh, unique. But I mean, being a human being. Uh, you have emotions when somebody's beside you and then all of a sudden they're not. That being said, Allen and the players have all said they feel confident in the room they have. Players like rookie Alante Taylor, Paulson Adebo, PJ Williams, and Bradley Roby. I got confidence in everybody in this locker room to do their job. Um, we have 
phenomenal players at all levels, especially on our defense and you know in our secondary. There's, there's, there's so many, so many guys back there. Um, same up front and same at linebacker, and so I trust our organization and decisions that they make. Um, the guys is out there; they're gonna be able to get the job done. Davis mentioned yesterday his message to the players around him was control what you can control. That is a message we all could apply to our daily lives, one that our guest today really had to tackle as he navigated his collegiate and professional football career. Former Notre Dame and NFL linebacker Manti Teo made headlines first on the football field as a Heisman finalist and one of the most inspirational stories of perseverance through loss, playing his best football after the death of his grandmother and his girlfriend during his senior season. Then everything changed. Someone who had inspired a nation was now being questioned in every area of his life and game, all because he was the victim of catfishing. It was a wild story that blew up everywhere you looked, people were talking about it. In a recent Netflix documentary, Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, Manti Teo tells his story, how he dealt with the public backlash and continued to pursue his dream of playing at the highest level which at one point was right here with the New Orleans Saints. Teow has turned a story that could have very easily destroyed him into something that he uses to once again inspire others. And we're lucky to have him today. Manti, it's great to have you on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure you've been getting a lot of requests lately and you're pretty busy. So how are you? I'm doing great. Um, we just, me and my wife, we just got back from a little vacation back to San Diego um last night um so it was a a good time for us to get away for a little bit um but it's definitely been busy and it's been a good type of busy um you know everything's been a blessing for sure checking in with you you mentioned your wife you have a daughter you have a son on the way what an exciting time for you right now I know there's a lot of blessings coming a lot of uh sleepless nights coming (laughs) you know so um we're, we're excited for it all um we're close to family. That's the whole reason why we moved out here to Utah. So there's a lot of babysitters now, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, everything's been everything's been good. Good. The recent documentary that came out, um, August 16th, Untold, the girlfriend who didn't exist, tells your story, everything that happened to you while you were at Notre Dame, a little bit of what happened after that. Mm-hmm. Why did you want to tell that story now? Well, it's, it's nice that you and I are talking um, because a lot of it had to do with New Orleans. Um, a lot of it had, had to do with some of my teammates. Um, what I mean by that is in 2017, Cam Jordan took a bunch of us to the Jay-Z concert at the Smoothie King Center. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was my first year with the team. So he invited me and I was grateful for it. But, you know, at the same time, I was a little hesitant because I was a new kid on the block, you know. And so I was like, man, there's a there's a transition phase that has to go on there. Um, when you around new guys so I, I just challenged myself as like, hey let's go it's a good opportunity to be around the new guys and for them to get to know you and so we get to the concert and uh, Jay-Z opens up his concert by saying you cannot heal what you don't reveal and that was such a a profound moment for me um, because I then I realized like okay Jay-Z one of the most successful human beings um, says that um, and he's actually living it because um, back then that's when he had his little 444 thing with Beyonce and they were doing their thing. So I was like, okay, I got to do this. And so from then on, I started to challenge myself that whenever anybody would ask me about 
what happened um, in 2013, that I would be open with them. I would have those hard conversations with them. And a lot of it was the guys in the locker room. And I felt that the more that I did that, not only did I start to gain strength from it, um, but the people that were listening, the guys who I was telling it to, like the love and the respect and the appreciation and the support that they would show me from sharing it really helped me a lot. And so that kind of translated to my play on the football field where I started to play my best ball because I felt like, man, I'm, I'm back to where I was because of the healing. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, I was, I was presented with the opportunity from Netflix to do it. And, you know, honestly, at that time, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm healed already. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I need to tell it. Um, but how I was telling it, they could tell that I was ready. And so I told him, I'll let them know. I talked to my family and I talked to my team and, um, we started to realize that there are a lot of people that still had questions. Um, but more importantly, there are a lot of people that supported me um, that didn't have the backing that I wanted them to have. And so I felt like, okay, if Netflix is willing to do the, the, the story the right way um, that I was ready to tell it. So, you know, it was was a perfect um, pairing of the two. Once it came out, what was your reaction to the documentary? Once you saw it from start to finish? Well, when I saw it, I was obviously it's a little different for me because I'm so close to it. You know, it's about my life. You know? So there definitely was those times where it was a little uncomfortable for me to watch it at times. Um, but once the world saw it and you you never know how people are going to react to things. That's a, that's a beautiful thing about art. You know what I mean? It's like you leave it up to the viewer. Um, but I felt. What I tried to do was I tried to remove myself from it and look look at it from a factual standpoint. Like, what are the facts? Mm-hmm. Like, all are all the facts there? Um, and I felt like majority of them were. And so I was like, okay, it does the story justice. Like, whatever happens, happens. And so once it once it went out, um, and the reception, the love, the support again, it's it's been humbling for me. Um, but more importantly, it's real. It's helped me to realize that I have a lot of responsibility. Um, there's a lot of people that whose lives I can touch um, in a positive way. Um, and what a responsibility that is for me and for anybody that has that kind of impact on people. Your senior season at Notre Dame, your story became something that transcended football. I mean, you touched, inspired mm-hmm. a ton of people. And then this story of catfishing comes out and it's almost like... <clears throat> everything turned around on you. You've taken something Mm -hmm. that could have been this horrible thing that destroyed you. And once again, are inspiring people around you through telling Mm -hmm. that story, through accepting that this is something that happened to you. How were you able to do that? Well, I think, um, you know, just listening to that question, um, I think life is, is, 1% 1% about happens to you and 99% about how you respond to it. Um, and we always have a choice, right? We have a choice to either lay down and surrender and be a victim to it all or stand up and be strong and endure and try to make something good out of any situation. And I think that's always been um, how I've tried to live my life Um is understanding that, okay, I can't control everything, but I can control how I respond. I can control how I react, what I think. Um, 
And by trying my best to always keep that in mind, um, I think I'm able to, you know, make some decisions that have an impact not only on myself, but on people around me. Um, and also, like, there are a lot of people um, that have come to my aid, a lot of guys in the locker room, um, both at the Saints and Chargers and um just people around the community that have come to my aid through those years and have, have been just nothing but loyal and and, and showed so much uh, support for me and my family. That has really helped me to continue to go. But for sure, my those people, uh, my outlook on life and, you know, just my faith in God has helped me, you know, tremendously. So, yeah, it's it's, it's I think it's a combination of, of a lot of things. In the documentary, you talked about how you dealt with a lot of anxiety when you were playing with the Chargers. Mm -hmm. At what point do you feel like you were able to move past that? Was it a fresh start with the Saints? Well, you know, <laughs> going into my last season with the Chargers, I started to feel like I was playing pretty close to how I was playing when I was with when I was in college. Like I I was I was playing some good football um, my last year as my contract year. And so that's why I figured like I need to do everything I can to make sure that I'm ready mentally, spiritually, emotionally and all of that stuff. Um, and so prior to that, I I was like, man, I, I have this anxiety. I don't I mean, I didn't even know it was anxiety at that point. I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. Um, I'm just I'm getting these these tingling and this numb feeling that's kind of just starting from my feet and working its way up during the national anthem. And I'm just like getting lightheaded and, you know, that these, the, the, the disbelief in myself, like it was at an all time high during, for my, during my first three years with the chargers. And I felt like when I started to see um, my therapist and, and, and when he asked me those questions of forgiveness, like those were just huge mm -hmm. questions for me. Um, about forgiving um, those who have wronged you, but most importantly, forgiving yourself. And I think that's a lot of the things. That's one thing that we all miss is we is it's it's hard to forgive, right? I think sometimes it's even harder to forgive ourselves. And then the, I think the quicker that we can come to that and just understand that hey, like we're not perfect, the quicker that we can move on. And so, my last year with the Chargers, I th I thought I was having a really good beginning of the season and then the third third game I, I tore my Achilles and so it was just one of those things like man like yeah at what point I were you like, like honestly what else can happen to me what else do right, I have well, to like, like, that, that that was the thought while I was laying on the field in Indianapolis like this cannot this cannot be happening right now you know like come on you know what I mean like I just got my groove and like I popped my Achilles. And so I was so grateful um, that when the Saints signed me, because tearing your Achilles is one thing. Like that's that's one injury that a lot of people think that, you know, it's hard to come back from. Um, but tearing your Achilles after the career I just had, right? So before that was three years of up and down, and a lot of it was down. Um, that Sean Payne and the Saints gave me that opportunity. And then I was able to come over to the Saints and man, it was one of those things where I was given a role and I I, I just enjoyed being there. I, I loved my teammates. I loved the city. Um, and they really rallied around me. And then when I got my shot, 
um, to go in there and start and lead full time. You know, I played some great ball and even even more so like I was like, man, this is this is what it used to feel like, you know. And so I I, I like to call my Saints years, my Jay-Z years, because it started off with a Jay-Z concert. And then I, as I started to play my my brand of football again and everybody used to be like, man, that's the man we knew from Notre Dame. Um, I used to have a joke with all my teammates. I used to say, I think I got my swagger back. You know what I mean? So it's like all my Jay-Z stuff. But uh, man, I, yeah, I definitely missed those days for sure. But it, it was definitely a, a, a journey. In talking to some of the people around here with the Saints, they've told me so many stories about how great of a locker room guy you were, how you always came in ready to work. You were always smiling. I think that's so admirable considering everything that you've been through. Mm-hmm. How much fun did you have playing here? It was it was it was by far the highlight of my NFL career for sure. Like it, it man, like I will forever be grateful for the New Orleans Saints, for the Bensons. Um, you know, Mr. Benson was was there um during my time. And you know, now he's passed. Um Mrs. Benson, she's just such a sweetheart. Um you know, Sean Payne, he brought me there. Um, you know, Dennis Allen, who was, who was the DC, now he's the head coach. But, you know, I had a linebacker coach, his name was Mike Nolan. And he, man, that, that man had a huge impact on my life. And I think, and I, I, I've tried to tell him as many times as like, coach, man, you're like a father figure to me. Uh, he was, he was my coach for one year at the Chargers and then for the, two and a half years I was with the Saints. And so he really took me in and um, helped me to kind of transition and, and you know, just feel like myself. Um, but it was the best, man, those were the best years. I, I really wish that things worked out, you know, because mm-hmm. I would have loved, like I, I after my first year, I was like, man, like I played some great ball. Like I'm ready to go. You know, Mickey, like, he loves me, at least I think, you know what I mean? And, you know, like the city, I feel like me and the city had the same kind of energy. I love the city. I love the culture. And I was like, I could end my career here. You know, I I could see the rest of my career here. And and unfortunately, it, it, you know, it didn't work out. Um, But I will always be forever grateful for um, the Saints organization and the city of New Orleans for what they've done for me. For so long, people attributed you to what happened to you. When you came mm-hmm. here with the Saints, you said that the fans embraced you, your teammates embraced you. Were you finally yourself again? Yeah, I would, I would say like I would say like I was a better version of myself, probably the best version of myself. You know, I don't think I'll ever go back to that kid at Notre Dame like because that kid at Notre Dame didn't know, like how you said, you don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot of things about life that I had to learn and a lot of things that I had to overcome. And what I overcame, man, it made me, it made me strong. You know what I mean? And so it made me strong in a way that I'm able to take more, but at the same time, I appreciate um, genuine relationships with friends Um with 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 fans with supporters that have come up because that wasn't the case for a long time you know so when i went to new orleans everybody was supportive like everybody like all the ushers like there was cool we had put pop up to um the stadium like all the guys over there and you know they would escort us into the stadium and it was just like a whole experience in itself you know and we'd go up to the family 
section after the game, eat together. All, all, all our fans were there. Like we'll go bow fishing together, you know. Shout out, shout out to Josh. Um, he would take us bow fishing. Like that, those are like the best times, you know. But I can't. I sorry, I could go on and on about. Did you ever me. do Mardi Gras? No, so Mardi Gras a little too crazy for me. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> more of a homebody. You know, I'm more of a homebody. Stay inside, cook, eat. You know, watch watch Food Network stuff like that. Um, Mardi Gras I think happened during the off season um mm-hmm. i don't i'm not sure what season but it was it was always during the off season and so i was always home yeah um during that time but uh yeah definitely during otas and stuff like that man that was those those were the days we were constantly boat fishing down south like it was crazy you said you watched the food network so what was your favorite uh, food around town where'd you like to go man believe it or not there's a place um um it's called bonamy boys mm-hmm Gas station, literally right over there, down the street. That place right there, okay. Like if it wasn't for the heat in New Orleans, and just how hard um, practices were, I probably would be overweight because that that shrimp pull boy over there was was one of my favorites. Um, where else would I go? Um, there was a, a Vietnamese restaurant that was up the street from where we lived um, that I went to all the time um downtown obviously was the fancy stuff mm-hmm. um and i only go down there when we would have our defensive dinners like every thursday night or friday night after weigh-ins um <laughs> we would go down and we would we'd just spend some time but again like th- that was the culture there you know like as teammates we always got together you know we always spent time together in the locker room like we would play video games like everybody everybody had like a switch and we would always be playing Fortnite or be playing like Mario Kart or Smash Bro, whatever it is, like everybody's just hanging out. And there comes a time where we're like, man, we got to go home. (laughs) (laughs) We got families we got to get to. Like it was time to go home, but it was just such an amazing experience. We got to go to London. And the way that Champagne and the Saints does trips, man, ain't ain't nobody do it better than that. Like we spend the whole week up there just to get acclimated, Uh but he makes sure that we have time to actually enjoy it. but he always reminds us, hey, like we're up here to, for business, you know. So when it's time to have fun, let's have fun. But when it's time for business, like you already know what it is. So I, I just, I just loved it. They're going to London this year. We'll see yeah, if it's a little different think. under Dennis Allen as the new head coach. How much have yeah. you kept up with the Saints and where the organization is going right now? Well, I keep up. Um, I don't obviously, I don't know all the the details of what everything going I don't like to bug my bug my teammates and say hey what's going on what's going on I'll check in once in a while um but the guys like Cam was one Cam lived down the street from me um when I when I when I lived there um I don't know if Cam moved ever since then but Cam I'm, I I really love Cam obviously I was, I was real closer to Drew because he and I lived in San Diego mm-hmm. um and I would go train with with them up over there sometimes um, but the guys that I was closest with was uh, Craig and Craig Robertson and, and Alex Anzalone. Mm-hmm. And they've obviously Craig retired and Alex is in Detroit. Marshawn, I'm always watching Marshawn. Like, I just love Marshawn, man. That's that's my dog. Um, but yeah, I, I got I'm always watching, you know, like that's I don't have a I don't have like a team that I root for. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I have. 
my brothers that I'm like, man, I hope y'all do well, you know? And, if, and so I would say if I had to root for somebody, it would probably be the Saints because just all the good memories that I had over there. Great answer. So the Saints are going all the way this year. That's what, that's yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, they got the honey badger. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, they have that safety number six. I think he's number six, Mace. Marcus May. Name. Yeah. So he's over there. I mean, obviously you have Cam and Cam's going to be Cam. The D lineman is always going to do their thing. Uh, you got the Mario, the head man. Um, I'm not sure who's playing next to him. Um, I saw like another guy. I thought the number 20, the one from Ohio State. Um, he was that guy. Werner. Werner is his Pete name. Werner. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you got Marshawn. You can't go. Marshawn's just locked on that side. And then they have number uh, number 29, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Paulson Adido. Uh, See, you keep up. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. So he 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 does his thing. Um, and then obviously you had you had CJ who was the, the nickel corner. And he could play in a box, but he went to the G- Eagles. Eagles. As I knew it was a green team. Um, and so I think they used to have PJ there. They still have him. Yeah, PJ is there. PJ, PJ, he's one of those those guys that just he just he's really good at what he does. And so offensive line is always gonna be a strength for the Saints. Um, and then I think. You have a whole bunch of speed with the rookie out of Ohio State. I mean, Mike T's back. He's healthy. Um, I don't know who the tight end is. It's going to be Taysom Hill. The Swiss. Swiss. (laughs) That's my dog. So Taysom is my – me and Taysom, like, I love Taysom Hill, man, that that dude. You know, talk about somebody that's overcome, you know, things and has, you know, done something – you know, incredible in his career. That's, I mean, who goes from quarterback and then runs down those special teams and makes all the tackles and runs down a punt, makes all the tackles, returns punts, returns kickoffs, goes to tight end, goes to quarterback. You know, I mean, it's like, bro, like you can do everything, you know. So Jameis looks like he's 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 ready to go. Um, I mean, but, you just you just ran through the whole squad, position group yeah, by position yeah. group. You got it. Yeah, yeah, I got you guys. Yeah. See, I like to say I don't follow, but yeah. I always be keeping my eyes on my keep my eyes on 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 the Saints, just making sure we're all good. Yeah. So with everything that's happened and the ups and downs of your personal life being exploited, your football challenges, it, is football your memories? Anything from Notre Dame? Is it any of it tainted for you? No. As Notre Dame man. See, one, one of the things that was funny was everybody asked me, how was it, you know, like, how was it in creating this documentary? And I said, like, you know, it was hard. It was hard because I had to go back to old things. And they're like, man, I, I bet you, I bet that was hard. I get to see all the text messages, all of that. I was like, yeah, that was difficult. I was like, but also in those phones, like, I had all the good stuff. You know what I mean? I had all all the 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 pictures and the videos of when we went to Ireland that year to play Navy to start off the year. I, I had pictures and and videos of us on on the planes after wins. You know what I mean? Like I've I've had I've ha- I had all of those things. You know of of the, the 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 pictures and all the memories of the the little award circuit I went through that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just. It was just a, a year that I'll never forget. And like, yeah, that unfortunately did it end 
in 2013 with the catfishing thing. Yeah, unfortunately. But I'm not going to let that take away from the timeless, like, memories. Like, those things. It's just like New Orleans. Like, you know, my, my time at New Orleans didn't end the way I hoped it would. But that's not going to take away from all the memories that I've had and my love for that city and my, my love for that team. You know, like, it, it's, it's, it's just not. Such an amazing perspective. You are joining Transcend. So you're going to, you're continuing to inspire people through the documentary, through your story. And now can you just tell me a little bit about what that is and why you wanted to join that. So Transcend is is something that, you know, I never really um, got really specific and very detailed with my health. And now that I'm, you know, pretty much done playing football, my 24 seven, 365 job is being a father. And I think that is the most important job to me. And I think, you know, I've heard this said so, so perfectly, they say kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And, you know, with my career and with all the injuries that I've had, um, I wanted to make sure that my health is at its optimum. So making sure that I get my blood work done and looking where all my blood markers are and going to see doctors to make sure that hey how can I become the healthiest version of myself so that I could be here for my kids so that I can raise my kids so that mentally I'm I'm okay you know what I mean emotionally that I'm okay that you know I'm not having to battle all of these things um that could be that could come up um due to injuries and due to the you know the how strenuous my career was um and so that's why I I reached out to transcend and got to talk to them about what I wanted and the goals that I have of, of overall wellness and making sure that I am in the best possible shape, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. Um, and what better way to do that than a company like Transcend that looks, they look inside of you, you know, like there's one thing to look good when, when you have muscles and you're shredded and, you know, I'm not, I'm not shredded in any way, you know, I'm trying to fight the dad bod and all of that <laughs> stuff. Um, but to have somebody look inside of you and say, okay, here, like your blood markers are off here. Like you have this high levels here and help you to adjust those things that you could be, you know, be in a, in, in a pretty good spot. So if anybody wants, um, to know more about that, obviously I, I have the link. I don't, I don't know by, by heart, but I have the link on my Instagram. Um, just click on that, fill that out. And, you know, a, a professional will reach out to you and they're, they're, they're amazing. If if you do click on it and you get Gentry, she is the best. Like she helped me out. Um, she was so like articulate on everything. She knew everything. And I was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything. I just knew spark. That's all I knew. You know what I mean? I just knew spark and multivitamins and fish oils and stuff like that. And so like they'll take care of the rest. So it's mind, body, complete wellness. Yeah. Wellness, emotions. Um just you know the overall just inside out hormones like when you're at a hormone imbalance like life is just hard mm -hmm. like you're just stressed out yeah you know? tell and that so, to a, a female got it yeah, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so like when your hormones are out of out of whack like life is just it's it's just a fight and so again that's why it's so important a lot of people go just to random people and just hope that they do a good job on them but a company like transcend where they take the time you go get your blood work done they'll analyze it with 
a whole bunch of doctors and they'll look at it and say, okay, here, here's what I recommend to get this level up. Here's what I recommend to get this level down um, so that you could be in a peaceful place um, to acquire, to accomplish the goals that you have. So um, I think that it's, it's, it's not important to walk around bulked up looking good if internally like you're at war with yourself like that's not a life you know like I want to be able to walk outside with my kids play with my kids not feel like I have some a cloud that's hovering over me you know and that's how I want to live my life and that's why I teamed up with Transcend and they've helped they're they're helping me to to continue to keep that as my goal you know to live a healthy happy hopefully long life Mental health is such a big topic, something that hasn't been talked about a lot. It's starting to become a little more mainstream in sports. I applaud you for sharing your story, for opening yourself up to that, um, and for talking, advocating for services like that. I, mm-hmm. I'm just so impressed talking to you, to the perspective that you have, the way that you've handled everything. I would like to say I would have done the same thing, but I absolutely know that's a lie when the entire world is, you know, judging and and accusing you of things that I can't even imagine. So good for you. Thank you. I think you would have done the same. You would have done the same. (laughs) You would have done the same. The reason being is this, is because when people start telling you who you are and it's negative, you really got to question, you really start questioning yourself. Like, who am I? And that journey is probably the most fulfilling one. Yes, it was a difficult. Yes, it was it was extremely difficult. But that question, that answer to that question, I think is the is the best thing that any of us can do for ourselves is figure out who are you before anybody said anything about you, whether it be positive or negative. You see, before 2013, it was all positive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much I relied on it until it became negative. And once that became negative, I didn't know who I was. I was like, am I really this? Am I really that? Like, are, am I really what they say I am? And so that quest and that journey to figure out like, okay, who is Manti? Like the guy who stares back at me in the glass, like look up the poor man in the glass. Like that's, it sums it up perfectly. Um, I think that is the best journey that somebody can take for themselves is finding who that man or woman is in that glass. I love that. I really appreciate the time that you've given me talking about the saints. Always love to hear good stories, fun memories about people's times here. And, and you just being vulnerable and talking to me a little bit about your, your time as well. Thank you. Who that you already know. It's always who that. All right. (laughs) I will circle back with you when we're in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yes. You got to come out here to a game. Something. Oh, so I'm trying to go out there for a game. I'm trying to go hit up my boy, Josh. Cause when I come out there for a game, I want to go bow fishing Obviously, I'm going to go to the Bombay boys. I'm going to hit up all my spots, but I'm definitely going to come up for a game for sure. All right. We'll circle through and say hello. We'd love to see you. Will do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate Manti for sharing his story, for taking the time to talk to us. And the stuff that he said about the Saints, not unexpected because everybody speaks so highly about the culture here, the locker room, the people that they're around, just really heartwarming to hear how good his time was here with the Saints. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. As always, stay tuned to NewOrleansSaints.com or follow us at Saints on social media. There is still going to be some movement with the rosters throughout the day as waiver claims are made, 
practice squads are formed, players are put on the injured reserve. If you're put on the injured reserve, that means that you have to miss four games. The deadline for that or when you can start doing that is 3 o'clock Eastern, so 2 o'clock New Orleans time. And if a player goes on that, then that means they cannot play. For four games, you can designate eight players max for the injured reserve. And then that obviously opens up some roster spots for you. So there is, again, some ability for movement. I appreciate everybody for listening. We will be back on Friday. Lots of good stuff that we have to cover as we are steadily approaching the start of the actual regular season. First game against the Atlanta Falcons, September 11th. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.